The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link Podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies and exercises to help you gain control over your life with MS using research-driven insights and advice from top industry experts. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. You're sure to feel empowered and inspired after each episode. Ready? Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. On this episode of the Missing Link podcast, I am talking with Missing Link member Amy. Amy's journey with MS and the Missing Link is so inspiring because she's experienced it all, ups and downs and lots of both. Her story is so relatable. Amy explains how she's been to physical therapy before and she found it really helpful, but she kept hitting a wall and she didn't know why. She was discharged from physical therapy before she even met her goals that she was working on. Then she signed up for The Missing Link, and through The Missing Link, she's been able to push through those walls and regain function that she hadn't had in years. I cannot wait for you to hear Amy's story. You're going to leave feeling inspired and ready to take action. Amy, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited. Of course. I'm so excited for you to share your journey and what you've been going through overall because it's so relatable. And I love how persistent and resilient you've been with doing what you can when you can, and it's clearly paying off. So I think sharing your story will help inspire a lot of others. So let's first start back in the beginning. Can you share a little bit about when you were diagnosed and how that came on? Sure. It was a long time ago now. I feel old thinking about that, but it was 21 years ago when I was 24 years old. It actually started on the plane when I was flying to a country in East Asia, but all by myself to start a new job. And, you know, I just started noticing my handwriting was off. And over the course of several days, I had severe ataxia on my right side. It wasn't doing what I wanted it to do. I ended up hospitalized for 10 days, all these tests getting sent back to the U.S. to see an MS specialist. And he said, well, I think you have probable MS, which was like an official category at that time. And then six years to the day later, from my first MS attack, I had my second attack where I woke up one morning and my whole left side was like numb and tingling. I had an MRI and that's when it became an official diagnosis and I started disease-modifying therapies. Gotcha. I can't imagine how scary that must have felt, especially to be on a plane traveling to a different country. Yeah, surrounded by strangers, you know, hospitalized in a different country where I only spoke a tiny bit of the language. It was great for cultural immersion. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, I had kind people around me who helped out, but yeah, it was a pretty intense way to start my MS journey. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you were diagnosed spring 2001. How long did those symptoms last before you felt like you recovered and did you recover? Yeah. Well, you know, for the most part, they cleared up within about a month and I didn't even have steroids or anything at the time because they hadn't diagnosed me yet. They weren't sure what was going on. I did have a month later, I had some spasms on my right side for a little while, but for the most part, I felt like I had gotten back to normal after a month, no mobility aids anymore. 
no physical therapy. The only thing is for years after that, my neuro exams always noted 70% strength on my right side. So that was kind of like the carryover, but it wasn't really noticeable. And you had shared with me previously that once you essentially recovered for the most part from that, you really were okay. You didn't have too many symptoms or any symptoms for 20 years. Is that right? I had some mild symptoms, but they were mostly invisible. So like the numbness and tingling that flared up in 2007, that has stuck with me ever since. Like it just kind of comes and goes. I definitely had more fatigue, especially after that second attack, probably started noticing it more. I had some visual spatial issues, some evidence of optic neuritis. I did have a couple rounds of PT about three and seven years ago, but those were more kind of like, because I was running, I had started running 12 years after diagnosis and was having some problems with hips and knee and that kind of thing. So, I mean, yeah, overall, especially to an outside observer, they would never have known. Like friends would always say, oh, I forget you have MS. Yeah. And that's sometimes tricky too, especially Mm -hmm. if they're invisible because you're feeling it. And sometimes that statement isn't very helpful. That's true. And yeah, and I definitely had like heat sensitivity and that kind of thing. So like even running, if it was between 40 and 80 degrees, I was okay. But you know, if it got hotter or colder, I would start to struggle. So, you know, there were definitely ways that it affected me, but they were more subtle. Right. Okay. So it was affecting you in different ways for about 20 years or so. And then you had another flare and that's what was in spring of 2021. Can you tell us a little bit about that flare? What happened? How did it affect you? Yeah, yeah, that was the game changer. And it was wild because I'd literally just gone running the night before. My family and I are into running and hiking and just being as active as possible. And that day I went miniature golfing with my husband and our twin boys who are 13 now. And it was just weird. I felt really tired. And then by the end of the mini golf game, as we were leaving, I noticed that my left leg was dragging. And I went, "Uh uh-oh, this feels neurological. This is reminding me of that first attack 20 years ago. This doesn't feel like I just pulled something. And so I ended up going to an MS specialist and getting MRIs. I had a new lesion on my cervical spine. And then that was just a game changer. I mean, within a month, I had a cane, a rollator, a wheelchair. I had like home health, OT and PT. I just ended up being so much more affected by that attack. And I've been kind of like working hard to recover from it ever since. Yeah. And one thing that I love is that you mentioned you had used multiple mobility aids because sometimes Mm -hmm. people don't want to do that. You know, they feel like, okay, they just can use one and they want to use the Mm -hmm. least assistance. Mm -hmm. And I think that it should be more normalized to use multiple because you might have some days where using a rollator is what you need to use. Whereas other days, a wheelchair and other days, a cane, and that's normal to have that fluctuation. Yeah. And I didn't realize that at first. So yeah, I'm glad that you highlighted that to help kind of normalize. It's okay to have a rain because I know it confuses people who might see me one day and I'm walking on assisted and another day I'm in a wheelchair and then I have a cane and you know, they're just like, how disabled are you? (laughs) Right. Yes. And I also, like you said, within your first 20 years, so from 2001 to before the flare in 2021, You'd mentioned that you did go to PT, but it sounds Mm -hmm. like that was more orthopedic. Whereas Mm -hmm. in 2021, you went to an MS specialized PT for people who haven't been to an MS specialized PT, or maybe even an orthopedic. Can you explain for you how that difference was just between the specialty versus orthopedic? Sure. Well, you know, it's interesting. So one of my really good friends is a PT and she's also my running buddy. 
And when I had this attack, she first recommended that I get home health therapies, which I did, which were helpful. And what she said was, you want a neuro PT because an ortho PT will tend to push you too hard. And it's hard to fully compare because I never saw a regular ortho PT after having this level of disability, but it did seem like just seeing neuro and MS specialized PTs that I think there's more a focus on functional exercise and just a much better understanding of MS and not being through a cookie cutter system. And in my experience too, also the neuro and MS specialized PT I saw, they would be hands-on with me the entire session. Whereas the ortho PT, it was almost more like this mill where I was working with PTAs or PT techs and they're just sending me through all these exercises Whereas the neuro PTs were like with me themselves the entire time, answering my many questions, just sharing all their expertise with me. So it was a completely different experience. Awesome. Yeah, that's so important because as we all know with MS, not only is every person different, but even the same person each day can be different, which will bring different exercises, different questions. So that's really important. Yes, absolutely. Because yeah, I could be completely different from day to day. And I really appreciated people who understood that. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so you had the flare, you were doing MS specialized PT, home PT, lots of different types of exercises. And did you notice any improvements from that? I did to a degree, but it was tough because I kept having setbacks. And I also kept feeling like I was getting conflicting advice, especially with home health PT. Now that I noticed a big difference between that and starting the MS specialist, because they weren't used to working with someone like me, but I had a setback after I got the COVID vaccine in June of 2021. Unfortunately, I don't know for sure if that's what caused it. And then I started making some progress, but it was very up and down. And then in September of 2021, I got COVID and it like wiped out all my progress. And so then I was almost like starting from scratch all over again in terms of working through to achieve those same goals. And so I was seeing some progress overall, but there was some sense in which it seemed just kind of elusive. It just seemed like I kept fluctuating within this range, but it seemed like the bottom of the range and the top of the range wouldn't really change, but where I trended within that range would kind of go up and down. And I remember right before I got COVID, actually, my MS specialist PT told me he was getting ready to discharge me. And he said, your biggest problem is not maximal strength. It's your fatigability, your endurance. And so he said, that's making it really hard to make progress with you. And so I might just taper off and then you can work on your own. And if you're able to make some more progress, you can come back. But he's like, I'm not sure how much more progress you'll be able to make which was really discouraging. And then my other MS neuro PT after COVID ended up saying the same thing in March. And so I got discharged at that point. Yeah, that's gotta be super discouraging feeling like, but I can do more and my goals are bigger than what I'm doing now. But then having these people say like, well, I can't do anything to help you essentially. Absolutely. And you know what, again, it's like, you can keep trying on your own. Here's a big home program, reach back out. And I would even ask them, like, if I am able to get more advanced, can I come back and you can work with me, you know, and they agreed to that. I mean, they were great. They were really caring, but yeah, it was just hard to hear. We don't think we can do anything else for you. So where were you at physically when you were discharged from physical therapy? I know one thing that you and I have talked about is running. You love running. Were you able to run? Were you using a mobility aid? What did that look like? So I was still having a lot of fluctuations. 
But I was starting to see some progress kind of from December to March, even as I was starting to recover from COVID. And so there were occasionally days when I needed a wheelchair or I needed a wheelchair for like more of an outing when I was going to be on my feet more. If I was on my feet for more than like 20 minutes, then I was going to need a wheelchair. But a lot of days I could walk unassisted for maybe 20 minutes or so. Some days I would need a cane. I was getting some progress overall with being able to walk a mile or a bit more on my good days, sometimes unassisted. And I was really struggling with being able to like lift, carry, push, or pull much of anything. So that was really affecting kind of just my functioning. I mean, I can't go grocery shopping, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So much of what we do throughout the day is lifting, carrying, pushing, moving. Yeah. So some improvements still held back a little. Okay. So that's kind of where they discharged you. They had said, okay, there's not much more we can do unless you get better mm-hmm. <laughs> on your own, essentially. Mm-hmm. So was it at that point that you joined the missing link or where did you find the missing link? How did you decide that that would be something that you wanted to try? Well, my MS specialist had actually referred me to an intensive outpatient program, Kennedy Krieger in Baltimore. So I spent some time looking into that because I thought, well, maybe that's what can help me. Turned out my insurance didn't cover it. And I'd heard different people mention the missing link on Facebook groups and that kind of thing for MS patients. And I tried the five-day strength challenge and I think game changers for MS. And I started watching more of your videos. And, you know, my husband was sitting next to me and we kept going, I've never heard this before. How am I learning so many things that I've never heard before, even after all this PT and having had MS for 20 years? So that just really intrigued me and excited me and got me to want to try the missing link membership. Awesome. I mean, I personally love hearing that because I feel like there's always so many things that you can do at home with MS to help with your strength and function, just day-to-day activities. And it's just not talked about as often. So I love that you started with my free five-day MS strength Mm -hmm. challenge, the game changers, and was able to learn a lot from those things. So that's really Mm -hmm. great feedback. So you started the missing link. What was your experience with it? How did it go? What were you focusing on? All that good stuff. Well, yeah. So, you know, I was starting to see some more progress working on my own because I had been working really hard to fix my gate, my narrow base of support. And so that's something I did on my own leading into the missing link. And I was starting to notice some positive changes with that, being able to walk farther, which was exciting. And so when I started, I did the strengthen and stretch one month program and then the walking and balance one month program. And I loved having those and just having that structure and having the, the exercise classes to follow along with. And I loved having just such a huge library of videos for specific tasks that I was working on. And so I really wanted to work on improving my walking and see if I could improve being able to lift, carry, push, pull. And so I definitely took advantage of the group orientation and the checking calls and the Facebook group and all those things to ask questions about, okay, if I'm out and about with a cane or rollator, how do I handle heavy doors, you know, and just different things that I had questions about. How do I improve being able to lift and carry things, get things off of lower shelves? And I loved just how you had such specific functional exercises and your idea of do the hard thing as an exercise. That was a game changer for me. Learning how to do that made such a big difference. Yeah. And I'm glad you pointed out those check-in calls too, because that's really where you can get your specific situation answered. And the cool thing is, as you know, because you're in the missing link, I can give you my perspective, but other missing link members can also say, Hey, this is how I open a heavy door Mm -hmm. when I'm holding a cane. So I think that's just so, so valuable. 
So basically you dove right in, you followed the calendars that told you what exercises to do, and you looked up some other things in the missing link of how to work on a specific task. So what were your results like? And I don't like using that word results. Mm -hmm. Um, So for lack of a better word, how were you doing within your first six weeks of the missing link? Well, one of the big things I was really excited about is I noticed I became a lot better at being able to get things off of lower shelves or off of the floor, just from a functional standpoint, getting around my house, trying to make dinner, trying to get pots and pans out, whatever. I noticed such a difference with that. And my gait was getting better too, to where even on the days when I was fatigued, my foot wasn't starting to drag or slap or, you know, all the creative things it does nearly as often. And then there was one day... I'm trying to think now is probably like four to six weeks in when I decided to try running, which is something I tried to do a little bit off and on over the whole past year, I would maybe jog across the living room, but I decided to try jogging and made it a whole half mile, like just right off the gate at like a 1050 pace, which I mean, for not having run, you know, even if I hadn't had this MS attack, I would have been thrilled. So that was just incredible to experience that. Yes. And I remember you posted in our missing link accountability group, like, Hey guys, oh my gosh, this just happened. And it had so much support on that post. Everyone was so excited for you. So that was just so great to see and hear. When was the last time that you had ran for 30 minutes? It had probably been in early March of 2021. So right before the MS attack. Yeah. Wow. So over a year, well over a year. Mm -hmm. Wow. Awesome. Okay. So you're doing great. You're following the missing link. You're doing these exercises. You ran for 30 minutes and then what happened? So then I ended up getting COVID a second time, apparently. (laughs) Um, You know, my son, who was the only one in the family who hadn't had it before, he ended up getting it. I think I got it from him. And all of a sudden, my left leg was acting like it didn't know where the floor was for a couple of days. (laughs) Like my walking was so thrown off. And just seeing what a big setback COVID had caused me last September, I was so nervous that all my progress would be wiped out. Yeah. And I kind of chuckle because I would hope that we could end at missing link was great, but I think it's so relatable because there's always going to be something, you know, whether it's COVID or stress even can cause a relapse type symptom. So, okay. So you get COVID not doing so well. What did you decide to do and where was your mindset at that point? It was interesting because I've been learning more about the limbic system. And as soon as that positive test came up, my limbic system was freaking out. Like, oh no, not this again. Is this going to wipe out months of progress when I'd finally been doing better, you know? And I was just trying to stay grounded and praying a lot and asking people to pray for me and all of that. And just trying to follow, because I mean, you've given advice for those situations. And I think I asked in the missing link too. Okay. Like take some rest days do some really easy, simple exercises that you can do. I love that you always tell us how to do them like lying down or seated or standing. So we have all the options. And so thankfully I ended up initially, it seemed like I was recovering pretty quickly. And so I forget the exact timeline, but it was maybe two weeks later that I ran a half mile again. And I was so excited. And like you had said, like, I think you'll get back to that. And I did. And then the day after that, my husband had bought me a treadmill and I was trying it out for the first time and ran three quarters of a mile. And I was like, I cannot believe this just happened. And granted, the next day I was in a wheelchair. So I'm like, okay, that was a bit much. (laughs) I need to scale back and ease back into this more gradually. But yeah, I was so excited about that. Awesome. Yeah. And that just goes to show too, that when you do have a setback of any kind, 
I firmly believe there's always something you can do. It might not feel like the type of exercise you're used to or that you want to be doing. There's always exercises that you can do. And you did that. You stuck with those. And then about that two and a half week point later, you were running again. Things were going well. And then what happened? (laughs) Right. All the ups and downs. So then it was actually, I think a week after I ran the three quarters of a mile, I woke up one morning and it was like, I was just moving in slow motion and I went to work. I was walking around very slowly. And at one point I made it halfway down the hallway and I had to ask one of my coworkers to bring me a wheelchair. Cause I just couldn't walk anymore. And I ended up having this, we were about to leave on a big road trip the next day. So then I'm trying to factor in okay, how is the road trip affecting my symptoms? But I ended up having like the worst stretch that I'd had since the MS attack. And because we were traveling, I wasn't in communication with my MS specialist as soon. But when I got back and told them what had happened and I said, you know, I ended up needing a wheelchair again for over a week. And, you know, I was still trying to follow missing link exercises as much as I could in like really baby ways, but like just seeing how these things I could do 30 reps of a week ago. Now I can only do one or two, but I kept trying because, you know, the Dr. Gretchen voice in my head said, try, you know, keep trying the neural pathways, you know, they're holding in there. So my MS specialist, I finally saw her last week and she is sending me for MRIs. She thinks it might've been a whole new relapse, but we don't know for sure. I'm praying it was a pseudo relapse and for stable MRIs, but I don't know for sure yet. Yeah. So that kind of brings us up to today, you know, at this Mm -hmm. point. So where are you physically and mentally now that, okay, now you've been through COVID twice with some highs and lows in between, definitely some highs with the running, just being more functional than the flare. How are you feeling again, physically and mentally now? Well, so it's been about a month now since that flare started. And I would say overall, like my strength and stamina energy levels are still on the lower side compared to where I was at before that flare. But I am starting to see some progress again. And I'm super excited that some of the things that I had worked on in the missing link, I'm still able to do that they've kind of come back, came back more quickly, like being able to bend down and pick things up and, you know, just some of these different movements that I had really been struggling with before. And my walking, it's still a little more unpredictable than it was before that attack, but I've been able to do some decent walks and try to keep up with exercises six days a week as, you know, as much as I can. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And mentally and emotionally, I'm kind of like just waiting to see what the MRI results are before I decide quite how I feel about this. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, hopefully I'll recover from this one. If it was a real relapse, hopefully it didn't cause too big of a setback this time around. I don't know. Yeah. And I think you hit on such a great point of function. You know, when you focus on the right type of exercises, you'll notice improvements in function. But even when you do have setbacks for whatever reason, again, whether it's illness or otherwise, if you've been practicing functional-based exercises before that, they do tend to come back quicker give yourself that break. You know, you and I have talked about this, give yourself that downtime rest, but do what you can make it functional. And more times than not, you will notice that function come back, which is so important because it's that function that we do throughout the day that actually makes a difference in our life. Not just I'm stronger, but I can't walk well, or, you know, my balance is better, but I'm still not climbing the stairs or bending down to grab something up off the floor. Absolutely. It's all about the function. So I'm really excited. And that's, yeah, that's so good to know. And I didn't know that before, you know, just how important that the functional exercises are. Yeah. So you're obviously still kind of recovering from this flare. You know, it was only a month ago. 
Where would you say you're at now? You had mentioned earlier that you could only stand, I think you had said for 20 minutes or less. How long do you feel confident standing for now? Maybe five or 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. It kind of depends. Some, it might be two if it's like early in the morning and my coffee and my Ampira haven't really kicked in yet or whatever, you know? Yep. <laughs> So this past weekend, my family and I went to the beach in South Carolina and I hadn't been to the beach in a year. And on our trip up to Maine, when I was having the flare, the only beach that we went to had a ton of stairs. So I couldn't even get down and walk in the sand or be in the sand or whatever. So we went to the beach on Saturday and leading up to this, I thought I desperately want to run on the beach because running on the beaches is one of my favorite things. And so I told my husband, I'm like, I really want to try running on the beach, even if I only make it 20 feet and then I need a wheelchair the rest of the day or whatever. Like, you know, are you game? Cause you'd be the one pushing me you know, after that in a beach wheelchair or whatever. And he was like, yeah, go for it. So we got there and I, I wore my running shoes. I tried to maximize my chances of being able to actually pull this <laughs> off. And I managed to run 0.16 miles, which you know is much, it's a lot more than 20 feet. And then I took a little rest and I was able to walk about eight tenths of a mile up and down the beach, which was also amazing. And then I rested some more and I was able to play with my husband and boys in the ocean and the waves. And that was just amazing because when I did, when we went to the ocean a year ago, I barely made it into the ocean. I was using two trekking poles actually to kind of hold me up, hold me stable in the waves. And I lasted a few minutes and then just had to rest. And there was definitely no running on the beach at that point. So yeah, I was just really overjoyed that I was able to do that. And I definitely had to take it easy the next day, but yeah, I was, I was thrilled. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And congratulations. That's so exciting when you're able to get back to doing those things that you love. And I can see why there might be some hesitancy because you haven't done it in a while. You don't know how the recent flare is going to affect you. So I saw that post, you posted that in our Missing Link Accountability Group and my heart just started smiling. I was like, yes, she's did it. She, you know, she keep going with the exercises. So that is so awesome. Thank you. Yeah. It was such a joy. Very Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So This might be kind of a tricky question, but how do you feel that the missing link specifically is different from some of the other things that you've tried, whether it was the orthopedic PT, obviously home health PT is kind of its its own breed because that's a different form of PT, but you've also been to an MS specialist. How has your experience been in the missing link and how is it different? It's different in a lot of ways. Now, obviously with in-person PT, they're working with you one-on-one, which is great in many ways because they're able to point things out as you go or whatever. And I think even, you know, in some ways, maybe coming into the missing link from having that in-person PT experience was helpful, a helpful follow-up. But the missing link, for one thing, it was able to help me make progress with things where I just kept hitting a wall for a year with all the PT, where I felt like I just try these exercises, I get to this point and I just can't get farther. And I didn't know why, and they didn't know why. And I think some of the guidelines that I was told to follow before I started working with you was like, okay, go until you can do two more reps, but not three, leave a little in the tank. Whereas with you, it was like, do 30 reps. And you really taught me how to use functional exercises and how to really harness the power of neuroplasticity, I think in a different way. And I think you explain things really well. And again, this is nothing against the previous PTs. I mean, they were helpful as well, but just in terms of being able to get past those hurdles or those walls that I kept coming up against. And I did see a neuro OT as well as PT while I was there. And 
I think both of them, to a degree, were giving me more compensatory strategies. So this is how you can make it work without actually making progress. This is like a workaround. And those are helpful at times because I want to be able to do the thing, even if I can't do the thing, you know, but you helped me figure out how to get past those and actually rehabilitate and regain the function to be able to do more things for myself. Cause that's what I desperately wanted as much as possible. Yes. I will take the compensatory strategies and use them <laughs> as they will help. But I just kept coming back to, I really want to recover as much as possible. I don't want to give up yet. Yeah. And I think that's apparent in your actions because you have kept going, continued the exercises, done what you can, even if it was different. So I'm really proud of you for taking those steps and sticking to it because a lot of people might not have that motivation. If you don't mind me asking, have you always been that way? Have you always had that mindset of let's just keep going and this positive mindset or where does that come from? Mm, that's a good question. I don't think I always have. So I'm trying to think, I mean, in some ways, when you have a kid who is stubborn, that that can be a strength that can be harnessed. And so I think I did always have a streak in me that was kind of determined and persistent. But I think in some ways I have learned that over time, like through the experience of going through hardships and setbacks and actually your recent podcast on resilience and grief I just listened to was really great. And I identified with a lot of that. And I think, you know, some of the big game changers for me are my faith and prayer is a big thing for me and feeling like God is giving me the strength and people are praying for me and also having supportive, encouraging friends and family. And I think also to me, something I've learned about recently that's really important is learning how to really grieve the losses to hold space for whatever feelings come up along the way, rather than just trying to push them aside. I find for me, that actually gives me a lot more strength and resilience, giving myself the compassion and tenderness or empathy that I would give a friend and gratefully receiving empathy from others when I'm having a hard day. And I think that actually helps give me the strength to power through the hard days rather than feeling like I just have to like stuff those feelings and move on. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's something that takes a lot of practice too, because so often we are our own worst critic and we talk negatively to ourselves in a way we wouldn't talk negatively to a friend or family member. So that's good to hear. And that does ring a bell. I think we hear that often of give yourself that grace and empathy. So it's so nice to hear that for you, when you're actually practicing it, it's able to keep you motivated even during those hard times. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Give yourself time to grieve and feel sad or whatever when there's a loss or a tough day. And then, yeah, when you have that empathy, it's amazing how it does help build that resilience and that strength and perseverance to get back up and try again. Yeah. And one final question I have for you, because I feel like some listeners might feel like, well, that's great. Amy can do it, but I can't do that. You know, she's running. I haven't ran in years. Can you give us an idea within the last year or so, whether it was during COVID or the flare? When you were doing your exercises, were you having a lot of movement? How many reps were you able to do? Like at your lowest point, what did it look and feel like for you when you were exercising? Oh, that's a good question. Not good. I mean, there was a lot of things I've done that I didn't do until a year after the relapse that I thought I would never be able to do again. So there were definitely times like with the seated marching and even recently, again, there's still times when I go to lift that left leg and it doesn't budge. So you wouldn't think that that person could also run half a mile and, you know, in the running it's occasional. It's not like it's every day, 
But I had many days where I was walking, like really limping, or my left leg was really dragging. My stamina was very limited, just walking around the house a little bit. And if I tried to go on uneven ground or walk up my driveway, which is a slight incline, or walk up the three stairs into my office that would just completely wear me out. And I would feel like I couldn't do anything. So, I mean, I've definitely been in some very challenging places in the last, you know, year and almost a half since this MS attack in terms of, you know, just thinking, oh, I wouldn't be able to walk a mile. I wouldn't be able to go grocery shopping ever again. Certainly wouldn't be able to run or hike again. Right. I appreciate you sharing that because I want our listeners to understand that when you were exercising, as you said, there were some days where your leg just didn't lift at all or Mm -hmm. your ankle, you know, the ankle dorsiflexion, maybe it didn't lift at all. Or just those three steps, as you mentioned, just really wiped you out for the whole day. I think that's an important picture to paint because otherwise it kind of can sound like, oh, but she was still exercising and go, go, Mm -hmm. go. And she came through it. And it's just so important to know it wasn't that way. It wasn't easy. You did have days where you couldn't do much or there was no movement and you still stuck with it. And now you're at this end of your journey now. And who knows what's to come? You know, hopefully no more COVID for you. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing your journey, your story, and just kind of giving us all of that information. You know, there's no better person to hear from and listen to than someone who's actually going through it. And your persistence and resilience, at least to me, and I know a lot of our listeners, is so inspiring and I think will help a lot of people keep going. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate everything you've helped me with. And it's really an honor to be asked to be on your podcast. It's been an honor having you in the missing link. And I am so, so proud of you for sticking with the program during your good and your bad days. Clearly it's paying off. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am so grateful to have you as a listener. If you'd like extra resources, such as a video of one of my seated exercise classes, my favorite core exercises, and the opportunity to ask me your questions, head to missinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you loved this episode and think a friend or family member with MS would benefit from listening, please go ahead and text or email this podcast to them right now. Sharing this podcast will help me educate and empower as many MS warriors as possible. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link Podcast.